You're listening to the PFWC podcast with me, Carly Compton, a podcast created to help you learn strategies to overcome that bully inside your head, ways to practice self-love, awareness and understanding of eating disorders, how to embrace the body you have been given and develop a healthy relationship with food, exercise, and most importantly, yourself. Here at the PFWC podcast, we find it important to create a safe space and a place for individuals to come to learn how to create that lifestyle that works for them. We're dropping comparisons, fighting unrealistic beauty standards, and coming together to show the world that all bodies are beautiful and that healthy looks different on everyone. Sit back, relax, and get ready to grow together. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the PFWC podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. Um, I'm sitting down with Ilona Marr, and we are going to be talking about mental health, being an athlete, TikTok, all of these amazing things. Um, But before we get into that, um, Ilona, do you mind introducing yourself to the audience a little? Of course, of course. So my name is Ilona. People call me Lo sometimes, but um, I play for the USA Rugby Sevens team. I've been playing there for about four years now, going on my fifth season, um, and I absolutely love it. I love rugby. I think it's one of the best sports in the world. It's given me so much, and um, I recently went to the Tokyo Olympics in uh, 2020 for 2021, and then kind of there, I, I did some on TikTok and kind of gave people an inside look to the village, and it seemed to really resonate with people, and people really loved the, I guess, authenticity I was showing on there, and so kind of blew up and now TikTok is a big, um, not a passion of mine, but it's a a really cool way to spread myself, my brand and my sport. Yeah, definitely. I, I came across you on TikTok. Um, and it was during the Olympics. I think that was, um, the time that you just mentioned, like when you were sharing kind of the inside scoop and everyone was like, Oh my gosh, this is what, this is what it's like. This is what it looks like. Um, so it was really interesting in that way. Um, I also think for me personally, and I think for a lot of other people, the authenticity that you showed was like very like war, like welcoming in a way it was like, Oh, this is like, this is an athlete and she's at the Olympics, but she still is like this down to earth kind of like normal person. And I think that's very, you know, that's, that's something that I think we like to see. So, um, really happy that you went into that space and, um, you know, you chose to, to show that, um, it sounds like it did amazing things for you. And I'm really excited to talk about all of that. Um, so first thing is, have you been an athlete your entire life? Is it something that, you know, happened later in life? What was that like for you? Yeah, I've always been an athlete. So I played, um, you know, feel like basketball, softball, um, always did something every sport my dad had always read studies how important like sports can be and and being very you know doing many sports can be so good for young girls um so I did all those sports but then it was I didn't find rugby until my senior year of high school oh wow uh, which is kind of normal for rugby because it's not a big sport in the U.S. so like you can't start at a young age like you would basketball or anything else Mm -hmm. um but I found rugby and I just loved that it was able to combine a lot of my favorite things about sports, like physicality, speed, fitness. And, um, it just gave me a different appreciation for my body and myself as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think like I was an athlete myself in throughout high school playing volleyball, basketball and softball, that, that concept of like 
being on a team and all of that is so important. Um, and it's really interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize that you had started rugby so late in high school, but I guess that makes sense that it's not a super popular sport here in the U S so it would be maybe started later. Yeah. I think what's so cool about rugby is that like, it's okay to start it at any time. And so that's kind of one of the things I preach is like, you can really start rugby anytime. I know people who started it in their mid twenties and loved it. I have a teammate who started it, I think at like 23 and is now on the national team, right? Even mm-hmm. maybe later. So rugby is a sport where like, it's really accepting of all people at any experience level and the way that it can really change your life and kind of give you an appreciation for your body, for yourself is really um, powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And so what, what was your experience in terms of like your relationship with your body and all of that before you started rugby? Um, was there a shift for you um, when you got into rugby in terms of the way you saw your body, the way you treated your body, you thought about your body? Yeah. So I've grown up as I think a lot of like maybe, um, bigger athlete girls, like being called very masculine. Um, you know, I have broad shoulders. I've always been muscly like that. So I've, I just grew up being called like manly and wow, you're so strong. And like, I didn't really ever like that. Or you're so buff. I never liked mm-hmm. that. Cause I always associated that with being a man's thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I didn't start going to the gym until I think like after my, um, sophomore year of college, because I was always so afraid of like, getting too bulky, right. Looking too manly. Mm -hmm. Um, but then when I started rugby, what was so special is that they like praised my size and they were like, Oh, this is great. Like this is perfect. And not even like, they won't praise you. Even if you're big and strong, they'll praise you. If you're just like bigger, if you're Mm -hmm. skinny, tall, whatever it is, they'll be like, Oh, we have a place for you on the field. And so what rugby did is like, it gave me a way to like show me all that my body can do in its form that it is in. And, Mm -hmm. um, to translate that, power onto the field and show that it's okay to be that big and muscular. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. A lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I relate a lot to the, to that idea of being like, I, I grew up always being told like, Oh, you're big boned. Um, that, that concept. And, um, you know, I also have broad shoulders and was always told like, Oh, you know, same things you were just mentioning. You're really muscular or you're really strong for a girl. And it's, and there's like pros and cons to that. Right. It's yeah. There's like, yeah, I, I am strong and I'm glad that I'm strong, but also, I feel like this is like a condescending comment that you're making yeah. Yeah. <laughs> type of thing. Um, especially when you're younger and you know, you're still in, you know, high school and you mm-hmm. are different from your friends or you look different from your friends. There is that aspect of comparison and, you know, there's, there's that aspect of like, okay, why do I look so much different than my friends look type of thing? Um, do you feel like that's something that you struggled with throughout high school? Um, was some of that like comparison type of negative body image? Yeah. I mean, truly the quote comparison is a thief of joy. I think that's what it is, but that's because, and I, I talk about it a lot, how I would always be like, you know, doing fitness tests with these girls who were skinny and, and, you know, tiny. And like, I would be beating them and I just wouldn't understand. And I even remember crying to my doctor one time. Like, I remember this vivid memory of being like, why is it that I am fitter than them yet? I look like this and that I'm bigger than them. And I just never understood that. And then even when I got to like the national team, right? Like I'm around girls with six packs, the most amazing Mm -hmm. bodies. And, um, 
I'm around my best friend, just the most beautiful person, you know, like she, she eats this like certain amount of food and she's very specific Mm -hmm. with it. But then what's so great about my team is that we've kind of come to realize that everybody is so different. So like, I remember one thing, one poignant memory from my team was like, I was kind of getting at a buffet, getting my plate up. And one of my teammates was like, no, you got to eat more. You're a big girl. Cause like, naturally I'm just a big girl and I need Mm -hmm. to eat. I will never be um, skinny like the other girls, but I used to compare what I ate to these other athletes, but it's like, no, that's not, that's not who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's the thing I'm really trying to get out of my head is like, you know, you look around see what everybody else is doing, but everyone else is so different. Their body is so different. Um, so, I mean, even now I'm working to not compare. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's, I, I think that it's something that we all deal with and we all navigate in some way. Um, I think it's unfortunately just like wired into us as humans to like compare ourselves to those around us. Um, and we're not necessarily taught how to like navigate any of that comparison or how to like properly, and healthily look at your body and, and, and love your body and celebrate your body. Um, so I'm, I'm, it's exciting to hear that you have that space with your team, um, where you can, you know, feel and be yourself and not feel that pressure to look a certain way. Um, you know, maybe there's like internal stuff that you're working through, but you're not necessarily experiencing that pressure from, from teammates. And I think that's, that's such an important space to be in. Um, I do have a question regarding, you know, any girl, younger girls, um, or individuals who are interested in rugby, but there is this stigma around it being, you know, not quote, not a girl sport or whatever that stigma may be. Um, what piece of advice would you give them in terms of navigating some of that? Yeah, that's a really tough question because there is a stigma around it, right? Like you get into it and it's all thought of as just like the muscular girls Mm -hmm. don't get brick and they're all like this. And, uh, but it's just not the case. Rugby can be for everyone. And so that's like, I think why myself and some of my teammates are trying to change that narrative about what a rugby team is. Um, But I mean, you have other sports that are like that softball as well, you know, Mm -hmm. like, oh, you must be a lesbian. If you play softball, Mm -hmm. it's like anybody Mm -hmm. is welcome in these spaces. And just because you're an athlete doesn't make you one thing. Um, so my teammates and I are definitely trying to change that and show that you can be like, that's why my hashtag kind of beast beauty brains is like, Mm -hmm. I truly believe you can be anything you want to. So like I can be a beast on the field and, but I also wear makeup on the field and I like will put Mm -hmm. on lipstick so I can be a beauty as well. Mm -hmm. Um, for those girls, I guess it's like, I don't know, just taking a chance because rugby will really show you exactly what you're capable of. And, um, listening to the people who are saying that you're too masculine because you play rugby or whatnot is like, are the people who are so insecure of themselves Mm -hmm. that they would never try something that can actually make them feel good. Um, it's definitely hard to take that step. And so I guess just realizing like, it's about you, it's about yourself Mm -hmm. and how you view yourself and yeah. Okay. Everyone else is telling me I'm manly and masculine, but that's not how I feel. I feel mm-hmm. very feminine and all this. Mm-hmm. So taking a deeper look inside of yourself, that it's really you who gets to define whether you're feminine, whether you're masculine, and then on the right pitch, I think it can help you as well. Definitely. Yeah. 100%. And I think another aspect of that is, is like finding people like yourself, right? Like on social media, who you can follow, who you can 
kind of see like a little bit of yourself within that person. Um, I think that is such a beautiful, a beautiful part of social media is that it's a lot easier for us to find, to find those people who re who we relate to, who we see like a little bit of ourselves in and those people give us, you know, strength to be our true selves and to kind of work through some of those, um, stigmas or things that we're allowing to hold us back. And so I think you're doing that for so many people, um, whether it's people who play rugby or whether it's just like any girl or woman who, you know, has always felt that, that pressure of like, oh, you, you know, the broad shoulders or you're big boned or you're really muscular, right? Like you can be that and also be someone who enjoys wearing makeup and is, is feminine and, and all of that. So I'm curious if you had someone like that in your life growing up, um, who kind of helped you to embrace, you know, those parts of you that maybe you felt self-conscious about at some point in your life. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I always had my mom telling me I was beautiful and that I wasn't like, cause I would always cry to her that I was like fat or whatnot. And she always telling me like, no, like you, you, mm-hmm. your body is purpose and whatnot. But I don't know if like, you know, as it is with like mom, sometimes like, okay, mom, I hear you. But like, you know, <laughs> um, I don't know if I truly had that. And I think it was, for me, it took a lot of looking inside of myself to find that mm-hmm. and to find out like going to the gym and realizing, wait a minute, I like lifting weights because I like seeing how strong I am and seeing mm-hmm. what I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it is so cool that we have are now having a lot of like athletes that we can look up to as well. Mm-hmm. And I get a lot of girls and, and um, people who are like, oh my gosh, you know, that's my body type up there. That's so cool to see. Uh, we definitely had like Serena Williams, who I think her and I have very similar uh, body type in some ways um, to look up to. But I think it was a lot of going inside myself to feel that, but also mm-hmm. having um, a really good support system like a team. I'm blessed to have, you know, who give you yeah. a lot of like yeah. confidence and whatnot. So definitely. Yeah. And I think like that that internal work can be so, so hard. Um, I've, I've been there. I I'm still navigating that space today, um, and work with a lot of people who also are trying to navigate that space of healing that, that inner child, or whether it's just trying to overcome some of these standards that society has set for, for us. Um, I think that that internal work is definitely the hardest. So I'm curious, like, did, if you had like specific skills that you used or like your go-tos for navigating some of that internal work? I mean, I think, uh, one thing that I've kind of changed the narrative on is like, so I think a lot of people kind of say to like, you know, love your body at all times. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's freaking hard to, huh? Like, about today so I've kind of changed it for myself to like really appreciate it and like all that it does for me because I can't I have a lot of trouble loving my body all the time like Mm -hmm. loving my belly and whatnot so like I've changed to like appreciate that all that it does for you like it allows me to run jump Mm -hmm. I eat and it's like keeps up with me um that was really helpful I mean I I love looking at myself but I think it's okay to be in the mirror and like 
you know, whether it's naked, whether it's in lingerie, whether it's dressed up, get dressed up and like, look at yourself and be like, oh my gosh, like this is me. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, put on some music and, and do you, because like, I just think looking at yourself in that sort of way and like seeing all that you are is very helpful. And I think coming to terms with, I think what was the thing is like coming to terms like, okay, this is me. Like Mm -hmm. I, this is the body I was given and I'm literally not going to get another one. Like this Mm -hmm. is, um, this is how I'm going to be. And I am not built to be a certain way. I'm built to Mm -hmm. be this way and this big. So that's also like coming to terms with like, this is it guys. (laughs) The guy that you have is literally the only one you're going to work with. And Mm -hmm. it's not, there's not everyone is meant to be skinny. Not everyone mm-hmm. is meant to be thin. And that's like, again, something I look at the scale sometimes and still I'm like, oh, well, I'm at 197. I wish I was, be so cool if I was at 192, you know, but it's mm-hmm. like, I've played my best rugby at 197. Yeah. Oh, so it's not telling me anything. It's a, mm-hmm. it's not, I actually don't weigh myself any, it's not really, mm-hmm. but it's not mm-hmm. telling me anything beneficial. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's, that is so important. That reminder of like, you know, stepping away from that number on the scale and looking at other ways to determine your strength and your beauty and understanding like there's a lot that doesn't go into or a lot that's not considered when you weigh yourself, right? It's like just this number that can change within minutes or hours of the day. Um, but I think, you know, we, we've, lived in a society where that has been such a determining factor for worth and beauty and health. Um, when in reality, you know, that health looks different on everyone, healthy looks different on everyone. And I think that's something that's the most difficult thing to unlearn, especially for me, it was like this idea that I was strong and I was successful at the sports that I played, but there was still this voice in my head that was like, but you could be thinner and you could be smaller. And if you were those things, people would probably think that they would take you more seriously as an athlete. Um, when in reality, I was a much stronger athlete in a, in a larger body, um, at a higher weight because I was actually eating and I was fueling my body. And I think that's something that is hard for a lot of people to come to terms with is that idea of like, okay, I can be in a larger body and still be a very successful, strong athlete. Yeah. That's, and I mean, it's something that's just like society is like, you know, built into you that you always want that number to be smaller. Mm -hmm. Um, I think something I've had to come to terms with is like that. I truly love food. I think food mm-hmm. has always brought me a lot of joy in my house. Food is very important. We call it like breaking bread, like the, the coming together to eat food. So like, that's something I couldn't give up is like, mm-hmm. I, I, I see what it takes to have a six pack mm-hmm. and it's not fun. Yeah. And it's not anything you really want to do. So like, I'm like, well, that would not make me happy to mm-hmm. only eat this and this and this. And I know that people who have that six pack are not happy. In mm-hmm. I've seen mm-hmm. it firsthand. They have a lot of insecurities. They have the most perfect body, but they're insecure. So it's like, I'm not ready to give up what makes me happy for a number on the CL that isn't telling me anything or to look a certain way and not actually feel good mentally and physically. Definitely. Definitely. And I think that's, that's the question that people, you know, like it's necessary for people to ask themselves is like, what, what is 
most important to you? Is it the freedom to enjoy food, to enjoy life, to go out and make memories around food, make memories around moving your body and being around amazing people? Or is it more important to you to restrict yourself to be in a slightly smaller body? Um, and I think a lot of times when you ask people that question, the answer is going to be the first one. It's like, I'd rather be living my life and enjoying my life, um, than restricting and hating every minute of the day, because I know I can't eat certain things and I have to stick to a specific diet. Um, so I think, yeah, it all goes, it, it all goes back to that idea of like, if you lose weight, do you think you're actually going to genuinely be happy and more confident? I found myself in that cycle of like, okay, when I lose 10 more pounds, I'm going to be confident. I'm going to be happy. Lost that 10 pounds. There was no confidence in sight. There was no happiness in sight. If anything, it was a lot more frustration because I wasn't eating foods that I wanted to eat and I was hungry. Um, and I think, you know, that's such an important reminder of like, None of that, like restricting yourself and putting yourself in that miserable, miserable position just to look a specific way or to lose like a certain amount of weight. It's like, for me, it's not worth it. (laughs) No, it's not worth it. And I think uh, we, we are told that it is that looking this better will change your whole life. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I just, I've, I've seen too much of like, the toll it takes on girls physically. Like I, I have teammates who have eating disorders, you know, mm-hmm. and fitness mm-hmm. disorders and they eat and they have to work out. And it's just like, I don't want that to be me mm-hmm. or just mm-hmm. the, the, the struggle to live in a smaller body. Like mm-hmm. I think I have one of the better eating habits of my team and, you know, mm-hmm. so, and they, it's just wild. So yeah. it's a weird sacrifice that we're told will change your life, but it really will not change it for the better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's that idea, like the, the concept of, of eating disorders within, within athletes, it's like, it's extremely prominent. It's very common. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of times, and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well is like that environment, especially within certain sports, right? Like maybe like gymnastics or cheerleading or anything like that, like they're, there's a a negative environment that can be created by coaches, um, that is like, okay, you need to maintain this certain body type. You need to maintain this size, um, which is going to encourage individuals to restrict and develop disordered eating habits or eating disorders in general. Um, so I'm curious, like, what are your thoughts on that? Or have you ever had an experience like that where you had a coach kind of telling you, telling you things like that yeah so I've actually never played a sport like that where like a gymnastics or like a sport that's weight-based which Mm -hmm, I'm really happy mm -hmm. about because um I've always played uh team sports where the size wasn't like very specific like you didn't have to be this certain size Mm -hmm. um and I think that that Mm -hmm. is very hard like I could I can't imagine you know pushing your body to be something it's not in a sport like that um so I've never had that and I think mm-hmm. I think my dad did that purposely dad and my mom and dad did that purposely not putting us in sports like that yeah um and again I think that's just what's so great about rugby is like I have a dietitian who <clears throat> she's great and she's like not 
she's like, okay, yeah, eat that. Okay. If you're going to drink, maybe drink beer. Cause it has, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just really cool and refreshing to chat with her. Like she's never tried to change me mm-hmm. or never tried to be like, oh, well you could be 190 and perform better. You know, she's never done that, which has been mm-hmm. interesting. And like, I came in and I've been the same weight since I left college or like the same body composition pretty much from when I got to, from when I got into the center from college till now. So it's just like interesting to know like, oh, this is how my body's supposed to be. And I don't need to change it to be a better rugby player. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's just not happening. So it's definitely about, you know, finding it in yourself, but also having people in your corner who understand that, which is very hard. 100%. Definitely. I, I agree with that so much. I think that support system and the messaging that you're taking in from the people around you obviously impacts you and the way that you view yourself tremendously. So I think that kind of goes back to that idea of like, if you don't have that within like family or friends, like trying to find those people in virtual settings, whether that's, you know, online or, or something like that, where you feel like you're getting that support and that, um, encouragement, Um, which brings me into the conversation around, you know, you now being this, you know, kind of pretty big figure on social media. Um, and you know, as someone who doesn't have anywhere near the amount of followers that you have, but who has struggled with body image personally, struggled with an eating disorder personally, and is in a space online, there has been, and I've experienced, you know, these these spaces where when you are exposed to more people, you have a higher chance of getting comments about your body, of having people talk about your body, um, which you wouldn't have, you know, if, if you didn't have that space online and that can be a really difficult space to navigate. Um, so I'm curious, like, what has that process looked like for you? If, if, anything, um, from going into this space now where you have all of these people looking at you, um, and navigating some of those, so body image or just like mental health in general. Yeah. Most of the comments I get online, honestly, are kind of back to my, you know, middle school, high school fears of being called manly and masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never like, I think a lot of people get comments like, being being fat or whatnot but my comments are like back to those old scars mm-hmm. of yeah. seeing me as masculine and manly um it's so wild because I'll get like you know you get a thousand positive comments and then one guy will be like is that a he and you're like oh day ruined <laughs> oh, God. um the way I cope with that I, I just don't know like I don't read all the comments but I do see a lot of them and like it just mm-hmm. At this point, it just gets like, I, I look, I read the comment, then I go see the profile and I see that it's not, it's actually nobody, it's just a per, like it's, no one's put their face there, right? So it's, mm-hmm. I can't put a face to a name a lot of the time. Sometimes I can, and sometimes I'll, you know, say something to those people, but like, I'm just like, okay, those people are, don't even want to put their own face on social media. So they're probably in a basement in their parents' house saying yeah. very mean things. And I just, I just know that if they were to meet me, they would be like, worse off would be so so intimidated to talk to me and then probably Mm -hmm. would be very attracted to me (laughs) i have that i have inflated confidence as well yes yes Um, i love it i just um i guess for me it's like call me a man fine Mm -hmm. you i'm down call me masculine whatever you want i just hate that they are if they're calling me that they're calling other young girls that so they're calling other young girls 
who are like, like they're calling baby Alonas in high school and middle school that, and they're, those mm-hmm. ones are the ones who are taking that and like run, you know, that's the ones that are flooding their heads. Um, yeah. So call me that. Cause I've come to a place where I'm like, okay, like come with mm-hmm. something new at this point. Like, is there any other bullying you can use on me? Cause this is like not working. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just try to almost bring light to it as well, because like, I just know that it's an insecure person themselves who's saying that and they're saying that to like help themselves or whatnot. And it's, it's very hard. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. have done overnight. Sometimes it does get to me, but again, it's looking inside yourself to know how you actually feel Mm -hmm. and like how the people who are physically present around you, you know, view you and whatnot. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's what's key to me. Like, Oh man, you know, sometimes they call me manly. And then my teammates are like, what are you talking about? Like, to me, you have a very feminine phase. You're very, you know, beautiful. Mm-hmm, That's, mm-hmm. I guess, key inside yourself, but also the people who are actually present with you, not the yeah. one, not some 12 year old bully online. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's, that's huge is that concept of like most people who take time out of their days to actively like troll other people and leave negative comments. It's like, you have to remember that that has to be a very unhappy person. Um, that has to be someone who is struggling tremendously with some internal struggles and is projecting that onto the nearest person who they feel like they're going to ruin their day and that's going to make them so happy. And yeah, I think that that's one thing I always have. I find myself reminding myself of a lot is like, this is an unhappy person. And this actually has absolutely nothing to do with me as an individual. This solely has to do with this person and what they're experiencing internally and projecting onto me. I just happen to be an account and a person and a body that they can pick apart and make comments about. Um, And I love, I loved what you said regarding, you know, like the younger, the younger girls who are going to see those comments and think like, okay, there's something wrong with me because if people are making these comments to her, then there must be something wrong with me because I look like her, I relate to her in some way. Um, so do you, is there like a specific way that you tend to respond to those people if you do respond to them or, you know, do you find yourself getting DMs or messages from these younger, these younger girls? What does that, I'm curious what that looks like for you. Um, well, so responding to like the negative things or responding to the, yeah. Cause I know like some people, if they get a negative comment, they'll respond to the negative comment just so there is a comment yeah. there for people to see. So a lot of times I'm like, oh yeah, I like write something out. I'm like, here's a movement. And then I'm like, low, chill, chill. <laughs> and I just end up deleting it mostly. And then my sisters like have access to my account. They're like, Hey, do you want to delete those comments? And I'm like, yeah, just delete them. Cause like, I don't, I don't really care if I see them. I just don't want the other. Yeah. It's mostly about yeah. other young girls seeing it on my page. Mm-hmm. That is a good point you make. Cause I just don't want mm-hmm. them to see that they're somebody who they like look up to or whatever is like, getting these comments because like oh wait I look like that like maybe that, that's what they think of me so I just like I delete that because yeah I don't usually respond I'll respond to some of them like I responded to one guy who was like is that a man or whatever and then I looked at his profile and he's a dad of young girls and I was like sweet dude you I'm so happy you're a dad uh, girl dad you know and like mm-hmm. like people went up and like reported or whatever so that's great but I just delete it in general 
because I don't feel want to see that. Like, it's just very sad and secret people are posting that. And I yeah. want girls to like, see that there's really mostly positive stuff out there. And I love it when girls like message me, you know, I, we have the same body type or whatever. Like, I'm like, yeah, cool. And even if like, you know, sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, we, we look the same. Like we might look the same, but I'm like, awesome. <laughs> like, let's, I like that you resonate and you feel with me. Like, yeah that's exactly the point because I, you know, I, I, I've come to a place and I want to help others come to a place. I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. And I think, yeah, that's such, it's, it's always such a rewarding feeling when, when you feel like you've created like some sort of safe space for, for especially younger, younger kids. Um, because I don't know about you, but for me growing up, like social media was very toxic. It was a lot of like (laughs) diet culture. It was a lot of like the 30 day ab exercises. It was a lot of just like diets and try and look this way type of thing. And I feel like that definitely played a huge role in the development of my eating disorder and the way that I viewed my body. And so I think it's, I'm so thankful for the shift that social media is making in terms of the accounts that are out there now and, you know, people being able to feel strong and courageous enough and, and vulnerable enough to be like, I know I'm probably going to get shit for, for this and there's going to be trolls, but this is, it's more important to be able to show, you know, younger individuals that there's nothing wrong with you and that you deserve to celebrate your body. Um, so I think that's definitely such a rewarding part of, of social media. So when you made your first TikTok, what were, what was your expectations with doing that? Did you anticipate it becoming anything near what it has become? No, really. I started TikTok in like February before the Olympics. And I, um, just, like, that's when I like seriously started posting it and I posted one video in my USA gear with my best friend and I remember seeing the response to it and I was like interesting and so then I kept posting about it so really I was using TikTok as a platform to get more people to notice me and notice my team notice my team mostly like and what we are doing because like we are trying to get ourselves out there because you get yourself out there you know you can get sponsorships more mm-hmm. eyes to this sport more people wanting to join it and then at the Olympics, we were first told actually that we couldn't um, produce content because of like COVID. And then when we got in the village, they're like, no, you can produce stuff. And I was like, game time. And so um, the content I was producing was really just to get more eyes on us during the Olympics, like to tune into sevens rugby. Mm-hmm. Like that was the why I did it. Um, I, of course, it's also to grow myself. Like I'm not like, oh, it's not for me. No, I want to grow myself in my own brand. Like I'm a female mm-hmm. athlete who's in a sport that's not really big. I want to get paid as well. And sponsorships are how you get your most money. So I really was just using that as like um, a tool to get eyes on us because I knew how valuable that could be. And from that, what has been the most like rewarding, rewarding part of this entire journey for you? I mean, I guess for me, it's like, yeah, the, the money and having sponsorship deals is really cool, but it's like the opportunities that I've been out and given because of it. Mm-hmm. I've been to Italy for the a TikTok Six Nations rugby tournament. I'm going to New Zealand to create content for the World Cup that's happening there. Like those, threading my, threading myself in the game, like, and then it's like the people who literally t- tell me, oh, I started rugby because of you. That is like, oh my gosh, like that's mm-hmm. the reason I did it. And like, those DMs I get. So 
that's really my main, main, what's been great that's come out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, okay. So last question, um, to kind of wrap things up is what is your like go-to self-care, self-love, like mental health day look like for you? Okay. Interesting. All right. I'm starting with a coffee. <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah. I'm still drinking mine. <laughs> There you go. I do love a Starbucks. I will try. I am very basic. <laughs> that is the case. Um, coffee. A, I love watching good show. I love reading some, some smut. I will say, get on there, read some sexy books. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> um, I love, as I say, like sometimes it's just putting on makeup, even on those mm-hmm. off days, putting on makeup. I love, I was literally going to try on this new dress I bought because I love it so much. Mm-hmm. It's getting dressed up, putting on a new dress um, dancing in the mirror, like putting on some music like that for me is like self-care, like mm-hmm. dancing, dancing. Um, it's eating, eating is key for me. Food brings me so much joy. It's going out to eat and having Thai food or like, Oh man, I've really been wanting this. And instead of like, you know, saying, no, I don't do cheat days or anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. I just believe mm-hmm. like, I don't, why, what am I cheating on? It's all food. Yeah, love that. 100%. Um, yeah. So I eat what I want to eat. I just ate like Korean corn dogs for, for my dinner on Friday and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's key. And then just like walking. I love walking, you know, getting some sort of movement in my body always feels really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's kind of it. It's very low yeah. key. Yeah, no, that sounds like an amazing, I mean, whether you're doing all of that in one day, um, or you're, you know, like doing, doing little things here and there, it sounds, sounds amazing. Coffee for sure. Food for sure. Um, is a huge thing for me too. I think also the dancing is, is huge for me turning on like a good song. Um, my go-to is usually, I love, um, good as hell by Lizzo. So I'm curious, like what your go-to song is, what do you tend to turn on for yourself? That's tough on the spot. (laughs) I don't know. I kind of like what everybody else is listening to. I really love female rappers. Uh-huh. Um, I just think that I, I don't really listen to male rappers. I only listen to female rappers because I just think that the way that they are like so confident and like mm-hmm. you know, say what they want to say, they've owned their sexuality, their their business, what, how they do things like that stuff really gets me revved up. Um, so I guess that. Yeah, no, I love that. Definitely. I relate so much. Um, well, amazing. I'm, this has been such a powerful conversation and, um, you are like one of our first like Olympic athletes, athletes to be on the podcast. So really excited for listeners to be able to tune in and just hear a little bit about who you are and what you do and, you know, what you've navigated as an athlete. Um, I feel very empowered by you. I'm so thankful to have been able to have this conversation with you. Um, hopefully, you know, some younger individuals come across this episode who have been thinking about, you know, starting rugby or just starting a sport in general. Um, and they can, can kind of hear or, you know, see a little bit of themselves within this episode and take that take that step into doing something that they love, no matter the size of their body. And I think you are encouraging so many people to do that. And I think it's such a beautiful thing. And I'm so, so thankful for you. So before we wrap up, do you mind just sharing with listeners where everyone can find you? Yeah. So I do a lot on TikToks, just at Ilona Mar, I-L-O-N-A-M-A-H-E-R. And then Instagram as well. I'm on that platform with the same 
I am on Twitter if I have something funny to say, but not often. <laughs> and that's me. I get that. I think I have like 10 tweets. Yeah. <laughs> um, perfect. I'll put everything in the show notes um, so everyone can find all of that easily. Um, and listeners, if you resonated with this episode, please feel free to leave a rating or review. It is much appreciated. So thankful to have had you. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you. Good to, good to be here. Thank you.